on the next Dripping in Black podcast. Our special guest is your favorite PO, Brittany Jackson. But I feel like it's more important to say why I stayed there for so long, okay. which was almost five years. Mm-hmm. And it's because that gratitude or that that effect that you have on people, it like stays with you. Now, mm-hmm. granted, I was supervised like 150 people a month, right? On average, my caseload. Mm-hmm. But if one or two of those people finish successfully and they like get something from the help that I've given them, it just, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it, it makes you warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Dripping in Black podcast, where we celebrate Black excellence throughout the Black diaspora. Here's your host, David V. Lewis. What's up, good people all across the world? This is the Dripping in Black podcast. I am your host, David V. Lewis. And as usual, we have a fantastic guest. Today's guest is Brittany Jackson. Brittany, say hello to the world. Hey, y'all. What's up? (laughs) All right. And so you all know how we do. We get people on who represent Black excellence across the Black diaspora. And we give them a microphone and we let them tell their story. And Brittany has a fantastic story that we are looking forward to sharing with the world. But we always start off by introducing our guests to our audience with a very simple but complex question, and that is, who are they? So who is Brittany Jackson? That is very complex. I was really thinking about this question. Um, Brittany, okay. First of all, you know, you said people start out with what they do for a living, and I'm not going to start with that. I am a mom. I am a wife. I am somebody who survived breast cancer not once, but twice. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I'm a person who creates content online just to inspire and help other people, whether that be me sharing my breast cancer journey through YouTube videos or consulting with people one-on-one to help them through the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're going to get into all of that. Um, But we are uh, located in Michigan. We are, uh, me and Sean are from the Detroit area. Sean is from Pontiac. I'm from Eastside, Detroit. Where are you from? Born and raised in Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. All right. Tell me something about Houston, Texas. If I've never been there, what should I know about Houston? That we have the best food. (laughs) Okay. We have the best food. Okay. That's seafood. That's Southern cooking. That's barbecue. We have all of that. Okay. I'm a foodie, so I'm not gonna steer you wrong with the food. Okay, so I I I go. I'm coming to to Houston this weekend. A restaurant I must go to is. You must go to Turkey Leg Hut. Okay. It's famous now. It's on the map. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Houston, born and raised. What uh? What schools did you matriculate through? Oh, you want you want like from way back in the way back or what you what you want? Whatever you want to share. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So high school, I went to high school for health professions. Okay, it's called DeBakey. And I graduated from Bel Air, Bel Air High School. And then I attended University of Houston and I got my degree from there. I have a degree, a bachelor's degree in psychology. Okay, so University of Houston and your degree was in what again? psychology okay all right so how does psychology 
tie in with this criminal justice track that you ended up on? Oh, well, let me tell you. First, I started off in healthcare, like when I got out of college. And even while I was in college, I was doing healthcare. Like I was always in a laboratory. So I used to work in a lab, like testing blood for HIV, HC, uh, hepatitis B and C, like so many different things like that. Wow. And so after a few years of doing that, I was so bored, right? And then they opened this probation office kind of close to my house. And I was like, oh, I could do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I go online. Um, I look it up. The job comes available. And lo and behold, psychology is one of the degrees that is required for or one of the degrees that they recommend mm -hmm. for probation officer. So okay. first being criminal justice. Well, I didn't have a degree in criminal justice, but I had the psychology. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is this is kind of crazy. I'm from the east side of Detroit, yet I never met a probation officer. I know that's hard for our audience to believe, especially those people that know about east side Detroit. So I'm curious when when I got your information, I got a bunch of questions about probation officers. Like what what's the day like for a probation officer? The day could be pretty <laughs> hectic or it could be like pretty simple. Okay. Um, for me down here in my area, we don't even carry weapons. Like in different states, they carry weapons. For me in my office, I didn't. So a regular day, come in work at eight o'clock. I'm going to see like 10, maybe 12 people that day. Um, I'll probably see, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably see an individual like every 15 minutes or every 30 minutes. Um, so you sit down with them, you talk to them about what they need to do. Uh, ask them if they need help with anything, do drug tests. You have to go in and physically watch them use the restroom. Um, you go to court, we have court days, and we have days where you have to go out in the field and visit them at their house. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it can be a lot. Okay. And what, what kind of drew, what drew you to that? Well, my mom used to be on parole, probation. I have other family members who used to do it. And then uh. initially me applying, it was literally because I just saw it. <laughs> right by my house and I was like I can do that uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah. but I stayed in it the pe people always ask me like why'd you start doing that but I feel like it's more important to say why I stayed there for so long okay. which was almost five years mm -hmm. and it's because that gratitude or that that effect that you have on people it like stays with you now mm -hmm. granted I was supervised like 150 people a month right on average mm -hmm. my caseload mm -hmm. but if one or two of those people finish successfully and they like get something from the help that I've given them it just mm -hmm. I don't know like it, it makes you warm and fuzzy yeah 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 I mean and you know so I think I relate to that uh you asked me off camera what do I do but I'm a teacher and you know some people will say well why did you do that and you know there's not a lot of money in it at least when you compare people with multiple degrees you know and the salaries they make versus what teachers make they think it's not a lot of money but you know i do pretty well i think but you know i think it is the the impact that you have on students and the opportunities that you have to to impress upon them the only greater thing you can do is is, is to have kids of your own <laughs> you know what i mean yeah absolutely. So, huh? absolutely it's the impact yeah literally so i'm still uh i'm still curious about a probation officer what does a probation officer do for somebody that's on probation? I mean, okay. <laughs> what they Make it for plain someone? for me. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So the court is going to order you to do a list of things. So the probation officer essentially is there to help make sure you get through all of those conditions, say community service, 
pay these fees, take mm-hmm. these classes. Mm-hmm. So I am your resource, or the probation officer is your resource to make sure you get all those things done and re- refer you out to all these things. Okay. And how does the person that's on probation feel about the probation officer? <laughs> Usually they don't like the probation officer mm-hmm. because there's a negative stigma. And that is the reason why I started creating content online about it. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of misconceptions. You know what I'm saying? Like immediately when you hear probation officer, you're going to have a negative thought or most people will mm-hmm. who don't really know what we do. Uh-huh. So that's why I started making videos online to show you that that's not what it is all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of educating the public. So hopefully curb that that perspective, right? So I would imagine a guy that's on probation and they get you as their officer, when they walk in, they, their whole perspective changes about what an officer is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely try to make it a positive experience for everybody because let's be honest, nobody wants to be on probation. This is not a walk in the park. Okay. I mean, I think we could spend a whole lot of time on that, uh, but let's let's move on a little bit. So you're no longer a probation officer, right? Correct. I am not. Yeah. What do you do now? Now I am a full-time probation consultant. Mm -hmm. Now, let me tell you what that is. (laughs) In my experience from recording videos, posting content online while I was still actively a probation officer, people would ask me so many questions like all the time. A lot of people, believe it or not, which you probably do believe it, they're afraid to talk to their probation officer about certain things Mm -hmm. because they're afraid of the repercussions. Mm -hmm. So so now I basically talk with people one-on-one they can set up a call with me and we'll go over whatever questions that they have. No, I don't give legal advice. Let's not get it twisted. I'm not a lawyer, okay? <laughs> but I am giving my perspective and my opinion on things since I was in that position for almost five years. Okay. Yeah. So consultant work. So as a probation con- officer consultant, is that, am I saying that right? Probation consultant. Probation consultant. Yeah. Would somebody who's on probation seek you out and would some other probation officer seek you out as well for a consultation most of of the people that i help they're people on probation or parole or they're people who want to get into the field people who need help getting on people who need help building resumes people who need help with psychological exams they have questions about any of the hiring process they usually call me (laughs) yeah so, you know, I'm always fascinated when people create a lane because, you know, you're in this field. What makes you create this opportunity for yourself, right? I mean, you could have just continued to work as a probation officer and probably do some of the things you're doing in that role. So what makes you create this probation consultancy? It literally stemmed from, like I said, me creating the content and the questions that I would always get. But now that I'm not actively a probation officer and now I can give my unfiltered unbiased opinion because yeah. as a PO there are certain things that you can say and can't say you're mm-hmm. a little bit restricted mm-hmm. so now I don't have any restrictions <laughs> yeah 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 so I think I want to dig a little deeper about the consultancy so what advantage does it give you to work pretty much you know as your own boss as a consultant versus working as a probation officer for somebody else well, I get to work with people all over the, essentially all over the country. So that's a plus for me because I'm like a people person. I enjoy that aspect of 
probation and just working in general, just dealing with other people. Mm. And there's no red tape. Like working for the government, you know, mm. there's red tape. As a teacher yourself, you know, there are certain things you cannot do yeah. because you have that role. Yeah. So I just like being <laughs> me. You know, I want to do me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And that gives you a lot more freedom. Do you find people find you a little bit more trustworthy as well? They are more open for sure. Yeah. They don't, they're not afraid of consequences because I'm not their probation officer. So, you know, I can't be the one to have you locked up. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty cool. And how would you say that, that uh, is going for you? How long have you been doing this? Almost two years. Mm -hmm. So how is that going I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. um, I want more clients. So if y'all got somebody, y'all need to send them my way. <laughs> Even if you're not the person on probation or parole, but you it's your son or if it's your boyfriend, your sister or whatever, mm -hmm. and you need some answers because you don't know how things go, call me. Yeah. Look, look me up. <laughs> yeah. Put, uh, put that contact out for, for our audience. Oh, absolutely. You need to go to my Facebook page, Your Favorite PO. You can actually book a call with me through Facebook. Okay. And I'm working on my website, y'all. So y'all need to just watch out for that. It's going to be your favorite PO.com. It's coming yeah. soon. <laughs> yeah. Again, so we're broadcasting out of Detroit. So all my East Siders, you know, y'all know what's up. <laughs> Reach out. I'm sure it's plenty of you all that can use our services. And she's able to answer a lot of the questions that you can't get from anywhere else. All right. So that that's a great part of your story. Uh, interesting part of your story exciting part of your story but there's also another part of your story that we brought you on for right and that is you are a cancer survivor so tell tell us about that yes i am a two-time breast cancer survivor okay mm. so put some respect on it now <laughs> the first time, the first time i was diagnosed was back in 2018 mm. my memory's getting kind of foggy now it's been a while Okay. Um, so yeah, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I had surgery, I did chemotherapy, uh, radiation, and that was really hard for me. Like yeah. it was it was so hard for me. Like I was 20, I think I was 28. Like I said, the years they kind of run together. If y'all don't know, chemo really messes with your brain. I'm not even joking. Like mm. I'm laughing right now, but I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did all of that. So fast forward two and a half years later. I was diagnosed again. So I felt a lump in my breasts. Okay. You, you ladies listening, make sure you do your monthly self exams. Okay. I found a lump myself. Like one night I was just doing what I do, feeling it because that's what they tell you you should do. Mm. And I felt something. I went to the doctor. She was not concerned that much, but she was like, you know, to be safe, let me send you to get um, a mammogram, which I had never had because I was so young. Mm. and mammogram picked up something they're like okay let's do a biopsy and then it went from there mm. boom fast forward cancer <laughs> mm. here we go but today i am cancer free okay no. all right so that's fantastic news and you survived it twice so you know and a lot of us are familiar with that because either we we know somebody that's that's uh been through that challenge or maybe faced that challenge ourselves so your your experience with that the first time you get the news how does that how does that impact you kind of put it into words for us how did that impact let me tell you this when I first got diagnosed like when my doctor told me 
in the office. I was so numb. I was like, okay, mm. is that it? Can I go now? I, I went on my lunch break to the doctor mm. to get the, the results. And I left her office and went right back to work. Mm. And then once I called my husband, then that's when like all the emotions started to come out. Yeah. And I just started bawling my eyes out. <laughs> mm. But I had a very strong support system. And I think that's what got me through. And obviously my faith in God, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I wanted to tap into, because I would imagine somebody's watching, somebody's dealing with that same thing. What what would be some advice you would give them to kind of encourage them in this time? Definitely lean on those who offer their support. I know a lot of times it can be kind of hard to open up to somebody who hasn't been through it because you feel like, oh, well, they don't understand. But that support, just them saying, you know, if you want to talk, I'm here. Just embrace it. Yeah. Lean into that because that's going to help you get through this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So you have uh, quite the story. I think I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with you in the future. Uh, my question is, now that you created this lane of uh, probation consultancy, where do you see yourself taking it? You know, what's like, what's the next, you know, if you could have whatever you wanted to have, have happen to what you're doing, what would, where would you take it? Where would it go next? You know what? I want a team of more ex-POs or current POs, but they probably can't do that. <laughs> because if y'all don't know, as a probation officer, you have to get approved to get a second job. And sometimes in some states, your job is so demanding, you can't mm. even have a second job. Mm. But anyways, I would like there to be more people like me on my team and we can expand through different states that way we can help more people because you know laws are different each state yeah uh so that's where i see it a whole team of consultants okay and being in the front show okay okay all right so i'm gonna do it like I, i've done in the past all okay right? there's a switch right there's a switch that you can flip yesterday okay. you are where you are or, or before the flip of the switch, you are where you are. After you flip the switch, you are where you want to take it. All right. What are some things that would have to happen with that switch? Oh, right. so are you kind of asking me how I'm going to get from here to there? Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. I'm going to give you all the secrets. I can't give you all the well, secrets. Well, I mean, so, you know, so you're asking a good question. I'm setting you up because I, I envision us talking to the world. And so my question is leading to the next question is, well, speak to our audience and see what they can do to help you tangibly get to where you're trying to go. Because I would imagine along the way, you're going to need some support along the way to get to from where you are to there. And there's oh, people exactly. all around the world that are listening Right. And so it's a it's an opportunity. It's a platform that's created for you for you to to get to where you want to go. That's kind of what I was headed with that. So. <laughs> oh, OK. OK. Well, like I said, it's, I want a team like I want more people who have experience in this field to be open to helping people. I want the whole narrative to change. So I want some like minded. It would take some like minded individuals mm -hmm. to come with me and be on board mm -hmm. like. I feel like right now, criminal justice reform is like a big issue. It's like a, a hot topic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a part of that, I want some people who are going to move, 
push the conversation, not only help people one-on-one, but also try to change the narrative of what this whole system is. Because let's be honest, a lot of people of color are in the system and it's hard, it's really hard to get out. Yeah. So that's my focus to help people get out. So any like-minded individuals out there, hit me up, okay? Yeah. Yeah. So just they can just reach out to you and strike up a Your conversation and mm-hmm. try to build from there. Like-minded people that are interested in changing the criminal justice justice system for black people in general, but people all over around the world, right? Absolutely. Yes. All right. All righty. Um, I think. I think I'm going to have you drop all of your social media real quick before we get to our most important question. Okay. So you can find me on Facebook at your favorite PO, Instagram at your favorite PO, YouTube at your favorite PO, and on TikTok at your fave PO. That's F-A-V-E, your fave PO. Yeah. So, all right, Dripping the Black audience, make sure you reach out to Brittany Jackson, your favorite PO. She's looking for like-minded people and we're trying to change the world, right? And that is a serious uh, area in which our people need that change to occur so we can do this together. All right, so let's get down to the most important question. Are you ready? Absolutely. (laughs) Have you ever been on the cover of a magazine? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess that is a little bit surprising. Uh, you're quite stunning. So oh, I would imagine you. at some point okay. somebody put you on some type of magazine cover. Listen, I'm going to have to create my own magazine <laughs> to put myself on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we might have beat you to that. Uh, one of the things that we do here for all of our guests is we place them on the Dripping in Black magazine cover. And so... Uh, S squared, my producer is going to pull up your magazine cover so you can get a sneak peek. <laughs> Look at the smile. Look, thank you, Dripping in Black. Y'all, y'all really be out here supporting the Black excellence. Yeah, absolutely. If you look over my shoulder, we have representation of our magazine covers from our first and second seasons. And we have plenty more that we have yet to make it to the Wall of Fame. But that's where yours is headed. It's also a parting gift for you. We will print one out for you, laminate it, and send it uh, your way at some point as a thank you. That is so dope. My first magazine cover. Okay. <laughs> that's right. It's only it's only one first. So we're we're happy to be the first for you. Um, I anticipate many more once people kind of realize what what they where the error was. We'll help them straighten Let them out. <laughs> All right, so we want to thank you for coming out. You want to give any shout outs to anybody before we close this out? I do want to shout out my co-host on my Two Hats podcast, Chris, the tactical probation officer. If you're listening, you might need to, you know, come over here to Dripping in Black. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we would love to have him on. Drop that because we didn't talk about the podcast. We can talk about that briefly real quick. So give us the name of it again. It's called Two Hats Podcast. That's okay. two, like a hat that you wear in your head. Two mm-hmm. Hats Podcast. Mm-hmm. And it is a community corrections podcast. Okay. So my co-host and I, we interview probation and parole officers across the country. So if you're interested in the field, you want to know how it gets down in the trenches, mm-hmm. listening, and all the officers tell crazy stories about what happens and how to get in that job. Wow. So how do you get a, an officer to come on? What's the process? 
most of our officers, we reach out to them through social media. Okay. But oftentimes they will also DM us on Instagram. So anybody, if you're listening, go to Instagram, Two Hats Podcast, send us a DM if you would like to be featured. Okay. Excellent. Two Hats. What's what's in the name? Yes. So two hats. As a probation officer, you kind of wear two hats. On one end of the spectrum, you're like a social worker. And on the other end, you're more law enforcement oriented. Mm -hmm. So that's why we called it Two Hats Podcast. Yeah. All right. Dope. All right. So we thank you. Uh, I just find that, man, you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, It's very, it seems very fun, very vibrant, but at the same time, very important as well. Right. Absolutely. We thank you, uh, Brittany Jackson, your favorite PO for stopping by the Dripping in Black podcast. And let's see what we have in store next uh, with this next clip. But thanks again to Brittany Jackson. On the next Dripping in Black podcast, we conclude season two with the creator's drip. Tune in to hear David and Sean's observations on season two and what's coming up. You have just experienced a Dripping in Black production.